You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the FUVFC Podcast, broadcasting from the beautiful Rose Hill campus of Fordham University. We've got a good show for you this week. We're going to be a little more upbeat than we were last week when we were all just really depressed about the U.S. men's national team not we're happy making now. the World Cup. We're slightly less perturbed, I would say, not happy. Yeah, that's a uh, Christian Hoven with you with Rich Franco and Mir Gori. Going to be a good show. We've got a lot to get into. Um, first things first, we're going to get into the big news story of the week, which is the Champions League, as it is every week the Champions League happens. And I just want to, I just want to uh, read something out for everybody here. There are five English teams in the Premier League. Manchester United, top of Group A, nine points. Chelsea, top of Group C, seven points. Liverpool, top of Group E, five points. Manchester City, top of Group F, nine points. And Spurs, top of Group H, with seven points. Yeah, um, so, you know, the, I think all of those are, are kind of shocking results, don't you think? Well, except maybe, maybe City is not that shocking because they're incredible. Um, but... The thing about Spurs, City, Spurs being top of a group that includes Real Madrid and Borussia Dortmund. The thing about City is, to me, they just seem like a team that when they're hot, they're really hot. And when they're not, it takes them a long time to build it back. I mean, that's what they did last year. Again, I know I'm a Guardiola hater, so I have to like refrain myself a little bit. But I really feel like this team is going to hit a wall at some point in the season like they did last year. Yeah, I do and agree that's with that. when we're going to see. We haven't, we haven't seen are. them stumble yet this season. They've been incredible. They, they won, what, 7-2 at the weekend against Stoke, and then they win again against Napoli this week in the Champions Just League. Them. But we haven't seen them hit that stumble. And my, I mean, it's, I'm wondering what happens when they do because they're on against, such an unbelievable run of form, especially with goal scoring. And we'll see what happens when maybe De Bruyne has a couple games where he's out of form or – Jesus isn't scoring for a couple games. Against Napoli, I thought that they did okay. I didn't think they were great. They had a good first half. The thing is, what I was impressed by was their defense because Napoli is, is always known as a great offensive team, and they had a really good defense so it's considering how they've fared in the Premier League. So I'm impressed from that perspective of what Guardiola has done, and I think going forward it's very important for the team to understand, you know, like, when you are going in the Champions League, you need to have a different kind of roster because I, I'm I'm a little worried that they hit the wall last year because Guardiola kept playing the same players, and I'm worried that Sterling is going to be one of those players that is going to hit the wall like De Bruyne did last year. So let's let's see how it goes. Yeah, I, I, I do want to see how it goes, but I have been impressed with them. They're currently top of the Premier League. Yeah, of course. Um, of course they are. Um, both the Manchesters sit atop the, the Premier League right now with Tottenham in third, which is fun, and Watford in fourth. Who would have thought? Watford, and then Chelsea fifth, and sorry, John. This makes me this makes me happy to say Arsenal sixth, Liverpool eighth, and Everton are sixteenth. Mir, all right, Reed or Christian. I've always thought he's Mir at the start of the season said Everton were going to be a surprise team and finish ahead of Spurs and finish in the top four, and they are currently sixteenth. Look, I just like to bring that up whenever we can. I also I haven't been on for a month. And the first thing I hear is not, hey, Mir, welcome back. You know, we're glad to see you. you I know, mean, that's, that's The only a given, thing Christian Mir. says is, hey, how about Everton? Yeah, you how know? about him? I mean, look, all right, it looked great the first game. I know you're a little salty because I didn't pick Tottenham to be in the top four. And now they're third. I know, I know, but. Oh, I, here's a fun fact. And, and, I, and, I, and I think that they were great in the Champions League. I know, I understand. I just felt like this year they were going to focus more on the Champions League to keep Harry Kane. 
and and Deli Alley. I mean, obviously Deli Alley hasn't played as well as last year, but but then again, you know, he also still, hasn't played in the Champions League because he's been suspended. Right, but I'm saying just you know the fact that like I thought that they were going to focus more on the Champions League to keep their young talent to show that going forward they're going to spend as big as the the other clubs that they usually compete with, you know, because they are a good club, you know, they just don't their model isn't to spend as much as the others, and I'm fine with that. My only concern, uh, Christian, is is just. At some point, is this team going to run out of options? Because watching that game against Real Madrid, I mean, to me, I, I you know, my, my friends and I were making a joke. It was Real Madrid scored two goals, and one was an own goal. I, I just, I'm, well, I'm a little nervous. Christian got, is about to get very defensive well, right now. I'm just to, be fair, to be fair, if Varane hadn't gotten to that first and put it in the back of that, it was about to hit Harry Kane's boot. Maybe I mean you Maybe. can't. You can't. You he's can't the, go he's, into what He's is. one of the best finishers just, in Europe. He's going to hit his boot just, and go I'm, into the net from point blank range. Saying. And 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 here's a f- wait. It's been a, a while fact. since I've had to talk Mir, to Christian. Mir, Mir, <laughs> hold on. Here's a fun fact. Real Madrid and Tottenham are basically the same team at this point. Five points off the top of the league, sitting in third with 17 points. They have identical well, we numbers. All, look, they're they're identical in the Champions League yeah, in terms but, of their all three of their results against Dortmund and Apoel. Um, they have identical numbers for goals scored, games won, games drawn, and games lost in both the Champions League group stages. I and saw their your league. text this morning on the on the Facebook group. They're identical group teams. that I created, mind you. They're identical teams. All right, well that's great, but the 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 difference between the two teams is that Real Madrid has a lot of depth. The other thing is that Cristiano Ronaldo was suspended. Now you can say that Deli Ali was suspended in the Champions League, so fine. But the thing is that I don't think Tottenham created enough chances and didn't look like they were going to convert as uh, the chances as as at a high as high of a percentage as Real Madrid looked like they were about to convert the chances. But they weren't they trying to. You really the- think that they weren't trying? You you really want to tell me that Harry Kane wasn't trying? I mean, Harry yesterday. Kane was trying, but he's he's one. You think of Erickson look, wasn't here, trying here. at the Erickson end of the day? Terrible. At the Erickson end of the was day, easily Spurs but, worst but you're player. saying they weren't trying. That means I mean they were. I mean they were. They were obviously trying to play. Right, but sorry, they Rich. Let's at get the end of the this. day. At the end of the day, Tottenham did their job. They went to the Bernabeu. They got a point. That's off what, of that's, an own goal. Uh, off of an own goal. It but, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They didn't get a point. But they got. They got a point. They got a point. They got a point. All right, Mira doesn't want to think they got a point. Look, but in, I'm, in I'm the table. They got Tom. a point. I'm defending Tottenham. I'm just saying. And the point's a point. This result was not as impressive as people want to say it is. I'm actually. I I I told Christian, you know, in September, I think Tottenham is going to at least get it to the quarterfinals. I believe in Tottenham. I'm not. I'm not hating on Tottenham. I hated on them a little bit for the Premier League because I thought they would focus on the Champions League. However, watching that game, I really thought that they were going to score a goal at least. I mean, come on, it's Harry Kane, and I'm not blaming Harry Kane. I just don't think he has enough help. Look, and I, I, Deli Alley needs to come back as soon as possible. Yeah, from he's that he's el- he's eligible for the next game, Thank which God. is going to be and which is going to be at. Uh, Wembley against Real Madrid. I mean, Erickson will try his hardest, but you know he he's well. They've just also not... they've also been missing a lot of players. Dembele, Wanyama, and Danny Rose are all also hurt. Eric Lamella. How's Sanchez still hurt. doing, by the way? He's San- amazing. He looks incredible. He's so good. Oh I, my I, god, he's, you know, uh, August, he's already worth that. In money. August, I told you this guy's going to be so. He's good. incredible. Spurs record signing Davinson Sanchez, forty-five million dollars from Ajax. Anyway, Ricardo, we're running incredible. you over. Come exactly. on, please. You know, and, uh, it's, uh, it's fine. You Rich guys... wants to get in and talk about Man U a little bit. Yeah. They, they... <laughs> <laughs> what do they draw Liverpool at the? weekend great results for man u that's not a great that's not a great result for man u i mean yeah there's a little sarcasm there rich honestly look i that i feel like that was one of Mourinho's mind games at that point it was just like he he, drew on purpose he he drew on purpose (laughs) (laughs) i I swear to god i was literally i was i was talking about my buddies and i was just like he did it on purpose he literally went and drew against liverpool on purpose and i I think it was just like a mind game against klopp or it was just i i just don't care you know 
as much as I love him and his enthusiasm, I feel like if anybody in the Premier League is susceptible to Mourinho's mind games, it's going to be Klopp. Just like oh, easily. Yeah, did you see like what so happened like, at the end of the like, Sevilla game? They yeah. were messing with him, and he lost it. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the. He is such a short temper, and then he just goes off when, whenever. He, it, it's, they should every every Liverpool game should have a little box in the corner with a camera on yeah. Klopp. Uh, the Klopp cam. Yeah, I, I, I would watch. Yeah, I, I would. Like I would watch it. That would I would, be fun. Good I feel I like you that. could tell exactly <laughs> what was happening in a game at any mo- at a, in a Liverpool game at any moment by just watching Klopp. So, okay, so just honest, like a full though, screen of Klopp, full screen and then Klopp. a tiny little screen no, of what's going on. You don't even on need the, game. the tiny little screen. You know, you know what's happening just by watching to it. To be honest, though, I mean, Mourinho spends over three hundred million, you know, on all these players, and I don't know. I just feel like United should be playing a better brand of, of soccer. I, I mean, football, well, United are playing a better brand. They're second. They're not playing a better brand. They're they're playing boring, boring, boring football. They right, are but second. Is, isn't, is second isn't Mourinho football boring football? Yeah, but I I just. I think when you spend three hundred million, you should make it a little more sexy. Like you really, which is should. what City are doing, right? And they're scoring they're seven number goals one. against, and they're Stoke. number one, which yeah. is, which is what Pep Guardiola does. Yeah, that's I know his, that's he's he's flashy. I don't think Guardiola has spent as much as Mourinho though. I actually uh, definitely I think he not. Might have this, spent this this more. this summer, City easily outspent United. No, no, no. Since Mourinho has been there, I'm saying since uh, the two have been there. Yeah, I mean, we we should we, look we, we should look, look that up. up. We, we should look, look that, that up because I mean, I don't think Mourinho spent over three hundred million. That's a lot of money. They have the most expensive back line in the history of football. I know, but like he didn't buy Cunaguero, right? Yeah, but he bought he bought Mendy, he bought Walker, he bought, he bought Stones. Stones. Okay. That that's there, it. that there was like, first, right right off the bat. That's one hundred and twenty million. But that's not three hundred. I'm saying. I mean, but that's three players. Everybody else he signed. They got they got uh, uh, Silva, right? Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Um. And that I think that was what like fifty, yeah, or some some or something they along those lines. They spent a lot of money. Money. They, they spend I don't think they they, 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 they haven't spent three hundred, and they they have a, a better brand of of of, of soccer, or football, whatever you want to call it. And they're number one. And you know, I just I find it a little frustrating how how much like Mourinho spent, and he keeps saying he wants to get he needs more players. I mean, what was he talking about? I think it was yesterday saying you know well we don't have many midfield options because we have. Matic and Valencia, and, and he just starts naming all these really good players, and he's like, we don't have enough midfield options. It's like, how many star midfielders do you need? It, and, I'm just, was, and they were still trying to buy more. He, I know, he offered, just, like, last last week of the transfer window, he offered 50 million pounds for Eric Dyer. I'm just finding it really annoying that he keeps spending, and then he just has this boring brand of of, 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 of They're play. having a very similar season to City. They're two points off the top of, in the Premier League off of City, and in their Champions League groups, they're both... They both have three wins, nine points, and they're both plus seven on goal difference. So they're basically having they're having very similar seasons. The and two it, teams, but the difference between the two fan bases is that City's much happier. I don't think United is really that happy. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're a little they're a little. I, they're they're gonna be, I mean, they got to be happy, but they're not. No, they're not as happy. They're not as comfortably City happy. Is what I'm, saying. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm C- saying they're City not fans, as happy. City fans are feeling pretty comfortable. Oh, they're high. They're, comfortably you know, they're like PSG right fans right now. You know? Yeah, <laughs> for a little little. Comfort, little smugness. Yeah, in, in the Man I mean, City United, fans. The United United fans are happy with where they're at, but they're they could be nervous about where they could be going forward. Well, no, I, I don't know that I don't know. Anybody, saying, no one's going to challenge them for second in the league. I'm not saying that they, that 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 United is unhappy because of the winning. I think United is unhappy because they say, look, we spent this much money, we looked great in the first you know week, two, first three weeks, and then since then we've played such a boring brand of football that just. It's just demoralizing, I feel like, for the fan base. And then they consider how much money is being spent, and then Mourinho keeps saying that he doesn't have enough midfield options. I mean, I just feel 
I, I'm just I'm starting to get tired of Mourinho. He's he's really bothering me. Yeah. I, I've been wanting to say this for a month because I haven't been on in a long time, but I really had to say this. Yeah, so you know that uh, Jose Mourinho has really gotten under Mir's skin when he's defending uh, Manchester City led by Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I mean, I have to Ahead pick between Jose two Mourinho. Poisons. It's like, which way do you want to die? <laughs> I'd, I'd rather just, uh, you know, root for Mauricio Pochettino, the real best manager in the Premier League. I think but he's been. I I I think he he's competing against uh, against Guardiola this year I, for best manager. He's, of the, he's, year. He re, the thing that really impressed me about uh, Pochettino was his his lineup decisions against Madrid when he put in uh, two strikers with Llorente. I was not expecting that to work, and it worked beautifully. Llorente actually did a lot more in well because he takes pressure chances. off of Kane. Yeah, than Harry Kane and Christian Eriksen did. I mean, he was really. And you know who's really impressed me this season for Spurs? Musa Sissoko. Looks like he's starting to be worth that money. Yeah, I mean, you remember watching him in the in the in the Euros, and he was just so amazing. And then he did the, nothing, right? Well, well, this but, ga- this last game, he looked like Euros but, to Soko. No, but you know what I'm thinking? I just feel like Pochettino. The reason why he's been able to keep most of his players is because he makes them happy. And the one guy that he has been able to keep happy was Kyle Walker, because Kyle Walker isn't as amazing as everyone wants to think. And in fact, he left. And I think Tottenham did a, a good thing by letting him go. Yeah. And, anyway, and, and speaking and speaking of Kyle Walker for the. Uh, tr- spending. Record, tr- record spending there. Pep Guardiola, since arriving at Manchester City in 2016, spent $437 million on transfers. And Yikes. Okay. Jose Mourinho has spent $349. Yikes. Okay. That's, both right. a, that, a, okay. that's a now, lot for both. Now remember, okay. Guardiola also spent back on Gundogan, Sané. So, and, so like these, and those were expensive transfers as well back in, in 2016. So yeah. that so that's yeah, what contributed to the four hundred thirty seven. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. So, yeah. All right, well, fine. Okay, I just I just think that for the amount of money Mourinho spent, he 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 should have a better style of play. And I I really wish I really wish John was here because my next question has to go to both of you instead of being a pointed question at John. Is there concern with a loss at the weekend to a Crystal Palace team that's just been abysmal all season, and then a draw in the Champions League midweek against Roma, having been up two goals? Is there concern for Chelsea? I, I think Chelsea here has lost some of their fire from last year. The, I, I, Conte doesn't seem to have the same kind of presence around Chelsea this year, as well as, uh, N'Golo Conte, yeah, was, was was no was was not in the match. So those those are the things that this is where Chelsea felt well, the that... effect of missing how valuable N'Golo Conte was. To their squad and their success. Yeah, I mean, you can see on the French team right now they're missing Kanta because he's injured and it's hurting the French and they're getting a lot of flack for it. Chelsea's getting a lot of flack because they don't have Kanta. And also Leicester. I mean, look how how much they've fallen off from two years ago to now because Kanta's not there. I, I mean, mean Vardy, yeah, similar, Vardy no longer looks like roster, a star player. Yeah. I mean, exactly. It, it's really amazing. Marit Mahrez is no longer yeah. this is no longer the same. Well, player. but I mean, yeah. Oh, but, but he, oh yes, he, yes, but, absolutely. But yes. Those are the type of guys where if if they go to another team, that they can have similar success. They're not players who play well in spite of the people around. Correct. them. Correct. Whereas Kanta yeah. is, and and he's that's why he's a world class player. And people need to understand that there's a difference between, for example, like a David Silva who's great no matter who's around him and maybe a Kevin De Bruyne who if he has the right team around him he can really maximize everybody around him whereas when when De Bruyne for example was alone like at Chelsea he didn't st- he didn't star as much obviously there was a difference in, in in philosophies between him and Mourinho but I think the important thing to understand with Chelsea is 
they have injuries right now. Yes, they've lost their fire, but those injuries really matter. You know, I mean, when you lose, in my opinion, your best player in N'Golo Kante and you lost Costa, you're, you have just this big turnover in terms of, like, who are the people who you can count on in a game. I feel like you're gonna you're gonna feel that residue effect, right. and and, th- and those are those are two yeah. stars. I mean, Costa. I mean, you replace Costa with Alvaro Morata, who he's uh, looked he, good. He, he has looked good, and he and he was touted to be very successful and a great goal scorer. Although he never had those Morata's, most starting minutes at at Real Madrid, because Morata's great when he has the people around him. I, Again, it's that difference right. between it's, it's who difference. can play, you know, well with whatever he's got, and who can play well whenever he's maximized with the proper p- pieces around him. Right. So because of that, I think I I mean like the the Roma game, it was just you know the Rome is just pushing 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 and because Chelsea doesn't have players that are fundamentally great in and out you know and and, and able to be multi-dimensional players you know they got exposed because of that Morata wasn't able to find enough goal goal scoring options because he's not Costa and then obviously the midfield didn't have N'Golo Kante so they couldn't stop the attacks so but but are we seeing the other question is are we seeing a bit of a return to form for Eden Hazard I mean two goals against Rome at the midweek and getting the late goal to level things after going down 3-2. Is he coming around a little bit, do you think? Well, he's showing the player that people always want him to be as a leader. And, and, and the player that we, like that, we, that we thought he was going to be. I mean, yeah. a couple of years ago before um, Mourinho's disastrous Chelsea season, he was going to go to Real Madrid, he touted, remember? He touted Hazard as, the next, as, as someone who's on par with Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah, or he he, Neymar uh, maybe, yeah. And, because and of the age. Correct. Yeah. Right. And so the possibility to be at that level. So everyone looked at Hazard at, at, as like put him on like a pedestal. And I and he's I, he definitely suffered from that and that Chelsea season. And I think now we're, we're kind of getting back into the OK, Hazard. Hazard's really returning to form here. I mean, he had the two goals. He's he's really coming back to that player that we thought that he was going to be. And also for the, uh, you know, for, for the uh, for the Belgium national team, he, he was he was such a non-factor in the Euros and then started, you know, I think just all of the, the, the flack that he's gotten, he's finally putting it all behind him and he, and he's focusing. He's focusing for the upcoming World Cup this summer. He's focusing for the Chelsea team. So, you know, it's nice to see a player coming into his own and kind of taking on the, the role as the man, the leader, you know, and that's and that's good to see, you know. And, and maybe the reason why he didn't live up to his potential in the last couple of years is just because, you know, maybe some immaturity, you know. Yeah, he's he's tw- I mean he's 26 now, so yeah. hypothetically we're at the He was prime great of when he was career. 23 and then yeah. 24 and 25 he kind of, you know. Yeah, I mean and and that's the d- disastrous che- season that Chelsea had, yeah. so he suffered there as a setback and Conte and la- is starting la- to bring that back from and him. And last season, Chelsea's in Chelsea's title season, he didn't need to be the this- star with while Ngolo Conte was just dominating. And now N'Golo Conte's out. Maybe he needs to step up a little bit more. And we, saw, I mean, we saw him step up and yeah. I mean, I don't think game. you can ask for more on that. Yeah, one, you know. And my my the other uh, player I wanted to talk about was Bakayoko on Chelsea because he impressed me in the early, in the early part of the season. He impressed everybody in the early part of the season when he was playing with N'Golo Conte. Now that N'Golo Conte's not in the lineup, is he getting a little bit exposed? Maybe he got a yellow card. He's had a couple of those recently. A little bit sloppy without N'Golo Conte in the lineup. So. I, this is obviously going back to the whole Ingolo Conte effect, and and it, it it he's just so valuable to the team. It, it, it when you miss a player like Conte, your other players have to step up, and I I feel like Bakayoko at this point he's he was very he impressed me last year at at um 
at Monaco. So now he has to step up in a different type of role. He, he right. has to try and challenge for the same type of balls that Conte typically wins. So he has to create a little bit more. He has to win more balls. So he has to be more aggressive. His role changes. So I, when you miss, when you take out a player as valuable as Conte is, you, the other players around are going to suffer, and he's gonna his role is gonna have to change. Other players' roles are gonna have to change. So I I feel like it it, it all stems back to Ingolo Conte not being in that midfield. Yeah, right. and he's a young player. You know, I mean, remember that also. And yeah, he, he was, is. He, this year was supposed to be the year that Conte mentored him, and then next year he's going to really take off. So, you know, there's also that. All right, very quickly before we move into the last part of our discussion, as I mentioned at the start, all five Premier League teams that are in the Champions League are at are tied or at the top of their group. Are all five going to make it through very quickly, Rich and Mir? The only team that I would suggest not possibly making it through would be Liverpool. I'll, they had an impressive showing this week with their set was seven nil thrashing, but they just don't. They haven't been playing with the same type of strength and passion, confidence in the league, in the Premier League itself, and in the Champions League. They got the two draws. Sevilla lost, so that was huge for them. But going forward, I don't know if Liverpool can can beat Sevilla again. Or or beat Sevilla or get points again at Sevilla, they're gonna have to win games. Besides yeah. uh, bes- besides thrashing, uh, Maribor, Maribor, who, are bottom, who are bottom of the group seven nil. It's just not gonna happen. But besides for everybody else, Chelsea, Man- Man- Manchester United, Tottenham, and uh, and City, I-, I feel like they'll all go through. The team that actually is concerning me the most is Chelsea. Really? Yeah, I I don't I don't like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm seeing from. Hazard, but I, I I don't know I I think they're ba- all five are gonna barely get through, but only because Sevilla. Th- no one talks about this, but they lost Sampioli. They lost the the coach that made them great last year because they were they were a mid table team. They weren't great because they lost Unai Emery, and then because of because of uh because of Sampioli, he added some grit and toughness to the tactical plan that that Emery gave to Sevilla. But the problem with that is. You know, now that that he kind of spurned them at the beginning of the season, they were they were like motivated by it, but then they kind of lost that. So, I I think Liverpool is going to beat them out, and I'm I'm I think Chelsea's going to barely get through. All right, so a couple of quick quick last questions here, shifting gears to what we talked about the entirety of the week last week, which was the U.S. men's national team. I've got two names here, one of them for manager that's been rumored very strongly to want the position, and one of them for president of the U.S. Soccer Federation, who has also been rumored to very strongly want the position so for manager big sam sam allardyce yay or nay i say yay I i'm say, very this is very exciting i say me. nay i love big sam he'd be uncle sam he's a softy that would be need, fun you need, need a guy yeah, to that's gonna oh, come man, in here fun. and cha- you need a guy you who's know? gonna come in here and he's gonna change top to bottom that's true kind of like how jurgen klinsman when he first came yeah. in. yeah how how the changes that he brought into the united states soccer program as a whole well, would you want him back I would not want Jurgen Klinsmann back okay. because he, he's But you want not somebody in that mold who's going to change things. Tactical changes have to be made, and it, we have to get more into a, a style of play where we're, we have better talent now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the U.S. lacks tactics because of just the nature of just the development of the sport, but but the, the fundamental problem in the U.S. is just the U.S. is soft. They yeah. don't need a, a manager that's like a, 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 a player's coach. They need somebody that ticks them off. All right, that's that's or motivates them. I mean, whatever. That's fair. And then the, and then the the last name 
that I have is for president of the U.S. Soccer Federation, Landon Donovan. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah immediately. Yeah. Yes, immediately. I best best player, best American soccer player ever, uh, probably. The I I I don't want to jump on board with with Landon Donovan being president of the U.S. Soccer Federation. Fantastic player, probably the best player ever to currently play in history for the United States soccer program. However, I don't know that doesn't translate to being the president of the U.S. Soccer Federation. Yeah, Sunil Gulati has done a only great reason. Sunil Gulati has done a great job growing the program. However, I, I agree he has to go, but I don't believe Landon Donovan. The only team. reason why I want Donovan in is because he cared so much. Yeah, he and, was, and, and when and, he was left off that World Cup team, he was it, really upset. So maybe a different type of role with U.S. Soccer, yeah. not necessarily the president he of should, the organization. Be, I, the I want him to be a president because way. he's going to hold people accountable. Yeah, people because need he to really be cares. Yeah, like there's there's too much softness. There's too much. Oh, we're, because we're the U.S., we're the best. But people don't realize Americans don't realize. You know, you don't you don't like you're not much in soccer. So like they need some toughness. So All Donovan's right. gonna give that. All right, that was a great conversation. Talk Champions League, Premier League, U.S. soccer. Wonderful to have you here, FUVFC. Uh, for Christian, for Christian Hoban, Rich Franco, Miragori. I'm Christian Hoban. I said my name first. A little, you know, little egotistical. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of my name. Made it said it twice. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.